with amazing rising artists. And today, do we have a show for you, as always. Um, we have Anna Christina Cash, and I tell you what, we listened to some of her music last night, oh, and yes. she moved she moved me big time. She's got a oh, yes. pure voice, and her music is, you'll see as we get through the show. But Anna, are you here? I'm here. Thank you so much, Chris and Sandy, for having me, and, and thank you for the compliment about the music. I, it means a lot. I appreciate it. Well, we, you know, we love good music and we love good writing, and you definitely. We have do, that. and we are so thrilled to have you on the show with us today. Oh, me, me too. It's been, um, it's been great to be here so far. <laughs> started. To <laughs> well, what awesome. happened at the, what, what happened at the beginning is I, I had one number off when I was trying to call you, and it, and it came up a disconnected number. <laughs> oh, it's, it's no problem at all. No worries. I'm happy to be here now. <laughs> yep. uh, technical so, difficulty solved. <laughs> yep. So as we get started here, before we really dig deep, um, tell us a little bit about who you are, a little bit of background so pe- people would know, and and some hobbies you like to do outside of music. Sure. So I grew up in Miami, Florida. Um my parents are actually immigrants from Cuba that migrated to the U.S. in the 1960s. So I grew up in a bilingual household. My sisters um, are older than me, 10 and 13 years older. And, you know, we went to school and, you know, just mostly English speaking, but we had Spanish at the house um, yeah. because of my my grandparents and my, my parents just spoke both all the time. So we, we grew up in a fully bilingual household. And um, my first opportunities were in the Latin music industry. Um, when I was 13 years old, I performed oh, frequently wow. on the long-running variety show. Yes, I've been working for a long time. <laughs> 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 um, called Sabado Gigante, which was um, the longest-running variety show, I believe, ever that, that I know of. Mm-hmm. And it was canceled oh, wow. um, a few years ago. I think the host retired and everything. But... Um, from there, I went on to sign my first record deal uh, with Sony Music Latin, whose offices were in Miami Beach. Um, mm-hmm. Essentially, a friend of my sister's had a friend that was an A&R, and I was 15 years old, and they heard my demo tape of, of me singing um, just several different songs and some songs mm-hmm. that I had written around that time. And, you know, they, they offered to sign me, and that was like about 2000, 2000 2001, a long time ago. So. Oh, wow. Back when the you know the <laughs> the music industry, I mean, it's still booming, but just in a different way. It's changed a lot yeah, since. Exactly. And um, I, I released records in the Spanish language. And later on, as I progressed in my career, I had various opportunities to sing in um, big events like the presidential inauguration, and I sang at the White House for Hispanic Heritage Week in 2006. And oh, wow. just um, yeah, so when I decided essentially to do an English crossover album, I mm-hmm. I released all of those independently. So I'd released records since then independently. And this new record, which is mm-hmm. Shine, that's coming out on the 24th of April, it's a cross between Americana, country, pop, and, and all of my influences yeah. because I, I live in Nashville now, and I have since 2014, but before that mm-hmm. I lived in Los Angeles. So I've, I've lived in three different places that have oh, wow. greatly shaped my music and my... <laughs> just my outlook on life that are entirely different. One being Miami where I grew up Los Angeles Mm -hmm. for four years. And, and there I recorded a a record called the West coast sessions. That is like more of a pop soul vibe. 
um, mm-hmm. which is very different from this current album. So, and then, and then Nashville, oh, just, well. um, <laughs> influence of being here, um, you know, and the way I've been able to compare each one is different. Like the sessions, mm-hmm. the studio sessions in Miami mm-hmm. and in Los Angeles started much later. Like people, I mean, the earliest people get to the studio is 2 p.m. <laughs> of any session. <laughs> wow. Of any session I've been there. And then I, I get to Nashville and then the music, uh, the musicians are up and ready at like 9 a.m. They're like, okay, let's, the singer has to be ready. So I have to like vocalize ahead of time. And I'm like, wow, everyone's like really gung-ho to, to be home by five, like to, to be with their family. So it's, it's, it's like a nine to five job here. You know? Oh, wow. So that's, wow. so that's, that's, that's kind of like the incredible realization I had with um, recording in Nashville. And also the other thing I will point out, I'm sorry if I'm rambling, mm-hmm. but um, oh, it's okay. very collaborative here. Very collaborative. Mm-hmm. I was, I was always used to writing just a lot of my own songs just entirely. And mm-hmm. here there's, there's so much co-writing, which is so cool. It's something I, oh, wow. I really hadn't opened up to as much until, until this record really like for the, for the English stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, that's, that's been a cool process to just like make friends and collaborate and, be in a room and create something together that didn't exist before. So that, that was new to me entirely. Yeah. So it's been really cool. So what's something that's kind of quirky that you do that people would find either interesting or might not even like, but just something that's quirky about you. Quirky about me. I mean, there's probably so many things. I, I have, um, a phobia. This is the quirkiest one. Mm-hmm. I have a phobia of condiments, <laughs> except oh, for wow. ketchup. So like, I won't eat mayo, I won't eat mustard, um, pickles, and relish. Like none of that. So I'm I'm very like picky about condiments, and if they mm-hmm. touch my mm-hmm. plate, <laughs> you know, I I kind of get really nervous. So I I guess that's quirky. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty cool there you know, you, you, you know when I, I ask know, that question you never know what you know we've had things from feet to all kinds of other stuff so you just never when you ask that question yes. you just never know what's coming but it's always interesting. yes always always interesting absolutely has anyone ever had condiment phobia i'm sure there has to be a medical term for this i've never looked it up <laughs> <laughs> so growing up, who are some of your musical influences? Uh, yeah, so uh, growing up in Miami, definitely Gloria Estefan and Shakira were early mm-hmm. influences just in that whole genre of music. And then I always listened to, to country music singers. I listened to the recordings of Patsy Cline, um, mm-hmm. Shania Twain, Leanne Rimes, Faith Hill were huge when I, were gro- when I was growing up. Um, yeah. Loretta Lynn, her songwriting, and, and she's a friend of ours, my husband and mine, Loretta. We love her. Um, and essentially a lot of pop musicians, like I, I grew up um, in the whole like boy band, like mm-hmm. Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears era. So like a lot of just that popular music with a lot of the, the Swedish songwriters, really just like writing hit after hit after hit and just very simple songs that, that were hits, like that was a, a big influence on me as well um Beatles as far as songwriting when I picked up the guitar I learned structure um from the Beatles I love Mm -hmm. you know I love Queen I love Freddie Mercury I love you know Elton John so I mean it's such a really a huge melting pot of of things that I've that have influenced me um a lot of jazz music um as Mm -hmm. a vocalist I'd say my biggest 
influence has been Dinah Washington, Etta James, Ella Fitzgerald, Sarah Vaughn, because um, I really love that era where, you know, jazz was very prolific mm-hmm. and, and still is, you know, but I, um, I would love to make a jazz record in the future. Oh, well, uh, well, you really do have a broad base for yourself. Yes. <laughs> very broad. And, and now country's coming into this picture. Yes, yes, and and the reason for that was because I really felt inspired because of the stories. I love country music, writing mm-hmm. and singing. Like I feel like some of the best vocalists are country music singers. Some of the best yep. writers are, are country music writers, and mm-hmm. it's it's so rich in the storytelling genre. And I I really don't feel like there's another genre that quite tells a story a story like the country music music genre. Exactly, you know, like they say that you know you just need three chords and the truth, and you've got country music, because it really right. is about the story, you know, and that's what Sandy it and I is. love about country music, you know, you take away the story, you know, again, I don't have a problem with the bro country music, I mean, there's like crews, we like them, listen to that, but the, that's not country, country per se to us, we like the story, without the story, it's not country. Right, but, without right. the, you know. Some of those dog killing songs and <laughs> murder ballads, you know, those are just some real story songs, right? Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you and wholeheartedly and entirely. I mean, it's just one of the most beautiful storytelling genres in music. So, what drives you? What drives it? What What is Anna trying to? What message are you trying to send out there through your music? Well, essentially just creation. I love to create. I think that's what drives me to, to continue to know that maybe my music has affected somebody's life in some way, um, whether it's made mm-hmm. them happy or it's made them just kind of contemplate their life. And and I think it's just a fun challenge for myself really to, to keep writing songs and mm-hmm. to kind of create something that was in my head and didn't exist and all of a sudden – you know, you write it and you record it and it's somewhat tangible in some way for people to listen to. And you're like, oh, I just, you know, I wrote this in my bathroom. I wrote this in my room. And now it's like people can hear it. <laughs> you know, so I, I find that process yeah. almost like, like alchemy, really. I think it's, it's so interesting that that, that can happen, like to make something out yeah. of nothing. I think that's what, what drives mm-hmm. me. Yeah, because that's what we really love about songwriting. Because we, almost everybody that we've interviewed, um, writes your own music uh, and you're our 42nd interview for the year and everybody yes. we've done you know we love that they write their own music because they have to be vulnerable in that do you, do you find yeah. it hard to be yeah. vulnerable within your music well I'll be really honest when when I started dabbling with songwriting I was very closed off we're talking around the ages of like 13, 14, 15 even, because mm-hmm. I, I feel like mm-hmm. it was such an awkward time that like you're, you're growing, you're like not quite a child, you're not quite a woman, you're, you know, yep. you're going through so much growth yes. and mm-hmm. I, you know, you have feelings and it's like, I don't want people to know my feelings. I don't want my parents knowing my feelings. You know? <laughs> so like, yes. so things like that, because it's, 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 it's an insight. It's like somebody's opening up the drawers in your room and, and looking through your diary. So I was, I was very closed off at the beginning and then, Slowly but surely, I just kept writing these melodies. I kept writing these mm-hmm. poems that turn into songs. And I was like, you know what? This isn't scary. It's cathartic. And whoever, mm-hmm. very truthful, that's that's the truth. And, and whereas maybe I was afraid of being vulnerable and offending someone, 
mm-hmm. I now realize that you mm-hmm. can't tell a song without telling the truth entirely or it won't yep. resonate with people. People see right through it. And, and also when you aim to write just very generic lyrics, I don't, I don't like to write super generic things that mm-hmm. just go well across the mm-hmm. board. I, I really like to yeah. write things that kind of stir people when I can, um, it's because it stirred something inside of me. So, so I think I've grown tremendously from, from that. Whereas I used to care really about what people thought of me. Um, mm-hmm. Now, now not so much. And it's very, it's very liberating. It's very, very liberating. <laughs> and, 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 you know, Sandy really loves the song. It's so descriptive of the broken um, flower, a broken, broken rose. roses, I mean. Broken roses. And, oh, it's such a yeah. beautiful song. Yes. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, so um, that was a very collaborative process, but it has a personal story behind it. Um, Kevin Dunn, who's a, actually um, Bonnie Tyler's guitarist from Wales, he was over at our cabin, oh, and and he wrote that song with me, Bill Miller, mm-hmm. and my husband, John Carter Cash. Mm-hmm. And the songs, he started with the piano chords. We started writing lyrics, all of us, and then it was like half finished. And then there was a tragedy, someone we knew passed away due to, um, you know, just depression, substance abuse. I mean, um, taking their own life. I won't disclose who it was, but um, I changed the lyrics around entirely and, you Mm -hmm. know, thought about the person's significant Mm -hmm. other. And it's kind of, if you listen to the song, there's like a his and hers constantly going back and forth about how she felt, like what he did, what she Mm -hmm. felt. And, And just kind of like the slipping away of you know, of this relationship and yeah. eventually, mm-hmm. so it's, you know, I wanted to, when I was picking singles from the record, I mean, the record was done over a lar- long span of time. It was like three and a half years mm-hmm. of collecting songs and then mm-hmm. finally picking them. And I wanted to choose a single that could affect people in a positive yeah. way. And I wanted to mm-hmm. give a very realistic perspective of substance abuse, depression, alcoholism, um, yeah. instead of, instead of a sugar-coated version, you know, like you, you yeah, see the video for right. Broken Roses, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's pretty serious, but it's always hopeful. Like we have a lot of symbolism yeah. with the roses. He's always mm-hmm. bringing her red roses. And, <laughs> and at the very end of the video, there are white roses. So there's oh, wow. it's a sim- symbolism for wow. hope, essentially, that yeah. you know, people yeah. can get better if they seek help, if they, if they seek the support that they need. So um, Broken Roses was my way of dealing with what happened because I was shocked essentially. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a really, and you know, since we've already went there, cause usually I, I was going to play the other song first, fix the fall, but you know, we kind of went there on broken roses and I'm sure people who are listening is probably going to be wondering, well, I want to hear that song. So let's play that real quick. Okay. Yeah. For people. Okay. darkest of things He don't know himself Don't know his own name Now the day is breaking Reckoning for change For the lost will find it 
adore her now Rubs the sleep from her eyes She reaches out to touch him Just to realize That the bed is empty But in the morning light He's gone like a bird that flies And she remembers his face And that innocent smile And the hot, cold rain coming down He promised her forever But forever never came And the broken roses remain And the hot, cold rain 
Yes, very, very beautiful song. Love it. Um, I sang that live um, for one of the first times at the Opry in November. It was my Opry oh, debut, wow. and oh, I was wow. able to to sing Broken Roses and another song that's on the record that I'd released um, before on an EP, is Tough Love Woman, that I also sang mm-hmm. there, along with this oh, one. Wow. So it was fun. Now, you, you- you kind of leading perfect for us into the next part is, you know, when you look, and I'm sure that what you just said is probably going to be a part of this, but when you look back on your career so far, what are some moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that? Definitely the the Grand Ole Opry performance. And I'm, I'm, um, that was in November and I'm scheduled mm-hmm. to perform on the 25th. So I don't, I don't know what they're doing now if they've, um, they still have a live band and not an audience if they're letting people perform yeah. or if they're rescheduling us because of the COVID-19 situation. But, um, <laughs> but you know, when I did get to do the Opry in, in November, it was at the Ryman, so it was very historical. Um, mm-hmm. I was just, I just felt the energy of the people, of the public. I, I realized why it's so special. Um, I, I went for the first time as a tourist in 2007. Mm-hmm. I did like the whole backstage mm-hmm. tour and, you know, and, <laughs> And I was just there mm-hmm. as a tourist, and, you, and they make you stand in the circle. I remember singing, um, you ain't woman enough to take my man for just my tour group, mm-hmm. <laughs> essentially. Oh, just, wow. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. So to, to come back and be invited as an artist with my own songs um, was amazing. I had performed before just um, doing backup and harmonies or singing a verse or two for other folks, but never as an invited artist. So that was huge for me another another big one uh was performing at the rock and roll hall of fame tribute um to johnny johnny cash in cleveland so got to perform there as well and just just so many moments and essentially when i was 16 i got to meet elizabeth taylor at an event in the dominican republic it was um a foundation for education for children and she she gave a speech about hiv aids and Mm-hmm. And I've gotten to meet so many cool people, but she she really stood out as one of those very imposing, amazing people oh, that wow. just has a presence when you see them. So mm-hmm. it's 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 mm-hmm. um, Frankie Valley was someone else I got to meet at an event. Um, it was for the Winterfest boat parade in South Florida when I was 19 years old, and he gave me advice backstage, which was cool. He said, "Kid, you got to bring your own sound people. The, the sound people can really <laughs> mess you up." <laughs> <laughs> Never that. He was like such a cool guy, like you know, very like Italian, and <laughs> there he was like giving me advice, like one of the greatest songwriters of our time, and oh, wow. I, you know, these experiences yeah. I would have never had <clears throat> otherwise in my life if it weren't for performing at events, and you mm-hmm. know, and of course singing at the White House was one of them, being introduced by the President of the United States in 2006, wow. and singing, um, I believe the the now King of Spain, um, Felipe was present as well. Mm-hmm. And just 
so many so many cool things really and and I enjoy intimate shows as well you know I mm-hmm. if it's like three people mm-hmm. or a larger audience it doesn't matter to me I, I just I love doing what I do and just connecting with people and yeah. and yeah that's I love it I that, really love it that is that is really awesome now I always like to flip the script um because, because <laughs> you know, a lot of people, they, you know, a lot of hosts, they talk about the good, good, good. But there's also the bad side, the struggle side, the sacrifice side. And I'm going to tell you an interview I did that will help explain where I want to go with this part. <clears throat> Is that back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls. And mm-hmm. I asked her back then, and she, they were full-time with music at that point, what advice would she give anybody who's up and coming? And mm-hmm. she said, coming from someone who's full-time in music, this is going to sound funny. <laughs> and it did. She says, <laughs> but if, if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, then go do that and just keep this as a hobby. She said that because the sacrifice we have to make, the – the sacrifice mm-hmm. on our bodies, our mind, our spirit. If somebody dies today and we got a gig tonight, we have to show up and still smile and even sing that song that maybe reminds us of that person. She goes, we have to wear so many masks. We have to go through so much rejection. There's so much that we, she says, our families, they have to sacrifice. You know, the struggles. Is, so, you know, she goes, but if your heart won't allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in because that's the only shot you got to get it. So let's go there a little bit. What are some of, based on what she is saying, let's talk about that a little bit. Well, I would like to start off um, by saying, it's not ne- negative sounding, I hope, but there there is yeah. a lot of rejection in the music industry and the entertainment industry as a whole. So yep. as an artist, you're expected to, to almost lead a double life. You're supposed to be vulnerable enough to wear your heart on your sleeve to write this music, to be attached to it, um, you know, the, the things that you create, mm-hmm. to smile when you're in public, to be gracious. Um, yeah. And at the same time, when, when things happen to you, let's, you know, there's a rejection on some front or there's criticism, you know, critiques and reviews or, or anything, or just people are like, oh, I hate you, you're annoying. You know, you have to kind of have this tough exterior. So it's it's a very strange profession, and because mm-hmm. there's a saying that business isn't personal, yet how could you call being an artist not personal when you when you paint yeah. something, when you mm-hmm. when you uh, choreograph something, when you sing something, when you write something? Um, that is as personal as it can possibly get. Exactly. So then you get. Yes, it's extremely personal. And, and then, and, then oh, go ahead, go ahead. And, and the reason why I want all this to come out with every artist is, I think a lot of people misread what an artist is really about. Uh, you know, because you, you know, you see like on Facebook, people post that you know, oh, they just need to get a real job. You know, the ones that are trying to make right. it. And, right. And and I cringe because I always tell people they don't don't tell an artist they need to get a real job because they got something better. They got a passion to live for. You just don't. And that's and that's why you're judging that, and um, because again, you know, I I cringe. You see, parents, I wish my kid was a doctor, a lawyer, or all that. Well, I've got friends of mine, and I always tell this story because I hope parents listen sometimes. That I've got friends of mine that have been in their career for 15 years, and 
You sit down. Now, not all of them. There's some are really happy with their career, but there's some you sit down with and they're like, I am just completely miserable. And, it's, mm-hmm. and I ask them, well, what do you mean? You, you, know, you went to college for this. You did that. You did that. You've been in there 15 years. But that's not what I wanted to do. I'm like, what do you mean it's not what you wanted to do? They're like, oh, this, is, this was my parents' dream, not my dream. And it's yeah. sad. They're destroying their life and their soul and their spirit all because they're trying to live somebody else's dream. It's it's absolutely true. Um, you know, while I agree with that, it's, it's important to have a passion for something. I I mean, it's very sacrificial. I would not do this if I didn't absolutely love it, if I didn't adore <laughs> creating adoring mm-hmm. people because it's, it's, mm-hmm. it is a lot. It, it really is mm-hmm. a lot. It takes a toll emotionally, and I can totally mm-hmm. go there and say that. And you have to work very, very hard to get to where you want to be. And, you know, there's always competition, but that's in any single field. And um, having been in it since I was very, very young, like I would do auditions frequently and I, I wouldn't get picked mm-hmm. or I would get picked. And, you know, I do competitions, singing competitions and okay. Like this little girl won because she was wearing a different like kind of dress or whatever. Like, so that's you know, it's a very competitive environment to be in early on. Um, mm-hmm. I do believe in education. Mm-hmm. I do believe in having um, various facets in your, in your life of things you're good at. I do believe in sticking to what you're passionate to, but I think yeah. it's important also to not put your eggs in one basket, not to argue against what you were saying, but um, yeah. I have, I have a degree. I have a journalism degree. I um, I'm getting a master's right now in creative oh, writing well. and literature and, and I'm an artist. So, you know, it's just important to know your value beyond what do you see yeah. yourself? Because as, as a child or as a younger artist, like in my adolescent years, I used to think that people re- just, just really cared about me because of my singing, essentially, mm-hmm. which is like absolutely the mm-hmm. wrong place to be in your mind. So it's because I yeah. smile. It's because I can get on stage because I can entertain people that I have friends. This is why people like me. So that's, that's mm-hmm. also very dangerous for young people. So I think yeah. for people to know that they are loved and valued outside of their talents and their abilities and that they can mm-hmm. do Most other definitely. things that, that they can gain praise for, um, that's mm-hmm. a big lesson I had to learn that, that my self-worth was not wrapped up into my, my ability, my singing ability. So do you get judged? I'm sure you do, just out of curiosity. Do you get judged because you're part of the Cash family now? Well, I mean, there's always, of course, comparison with everything, but um, the benefit I have, I I feel with that as far as like personal strength is that Mm -hmm. I've been doing this for a very long time before my husband and I ever met. Mm -hmm. So that's why I have strength of character. (laughs) Strength of character, I have the photos, the videos, like the the career to show for it, you know, so if if anyone, Mm -hmm. and of course there are people that are, you know, people are, people like to talk and they're whatever. And it's like, you know, people like to, to say whatever they want to say really, but, mm-hmm. and people are always going to be judgmental because that's human nature and that's fine. But I feel very secure in myself and that I've been doing this like way before my husband and I ever met. So. <laughs> and, and that's good that yeah. you said that because I, because, <clears throat> you know, sometimes people say, Oh, she, you know, he or she is in a family now and that's, they're only there because they're trying to do their career. And, of course, I knew better because I knew uh, – done read your bio and all that. So, you know, but I just always like to bring that out so that people know, no. And, and again, you know, that's why our focus is mostly on you, not your family, even though it's awesome family. <laughs> but you, know, but <laughs> you, you as the artist, 
is powerful, I believe. Oh, thank you. I, I appreciate it. And it's, it's like I said, I've um, drawn inspiration for all the different places that I've lived and every place I've seen myself in my life. And what we're talking about, my own husband, just as the son mm-hmm. of entertainers, as, um, you know, Johnny Cash and, and June Carter, um, when mm-hmm. he'd put out music, they'd judge, judge him just as harshly, really, That's or even true. worse than me. Yes. Um, <laughs> and he has had to just um, to grow up and not care either. He's got to do it for the love of what he wants as well. So there, you know, when there's a larger than life personality in your family or, or in your surrounding vicinity, um, mm-hmm. people will always talk. They will always, um, that shadow kind of will always be, be cast over the family members and everything. But at the same time, it's important to respect and honor those family members. And at the mm-hmm. same time, it's important to be independent and carry on with your own life. It's so important. So, that's what we I all love that. kind of keep in yeah, mind. And, and, you know? and, you know, I love that because, again, I think that sometimes people play off their families. And, and, and nothing wrong with that because it, if, if it's in the blood, it's in the blood. You know? But I think sometimes people see that as um, being wrong. But, again, I, lo- I love what you said. You know, you're, you stand on your own. Your husband stands on his own, even though he's a descendant of Johnny Cash. You know, so I love that. Sure, I mean – yeah, we're all people with our own feelings and our in our own lives, you know, and um it's it's important to to know who you are in the midst of all of that. So, mm-hmm. you know, that that is mm-hmm. as far as me marrying to such a family and everything that's just something that has complemented my life. I'm doing exactly. the same exact thing I have always done since I was 6 years old. I've just kept working on my music. So, well, funny is none of that I has changed. Tell- What's well, funny is I always tell people, um, my wife brainwashed me into this music stuff. Because <laughs> 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 when, when, when we married 17 years ago, we, um, I was I was one of these people that was that believed into this. Uh, I was big into the audio motivation movement, and I was so brainwashed at that time that if you you, you didn't play music in the car, or you weren't serious about your business. You know, you played audio. Okay. Your car should be like a learning um, university. And I, I bought into that idea, hook, line, and sinker. Then I married someone who's hardcore, especially country music, but all music, that believes mm. in listening to music 24-7. <laughs> so yeah. it didn't take long before I realized, whoa, um, <laughs> something's got to give. So we came up with this little agreement. We'll do 50% audio, 50% um, music. And I tell you what, she's brainwashed me ever since because now it's like I get this. I'm all in. And, you know, New Country Buzz has taken off. And I can't, you know, mm-hmm. we even launched New Country Buzz back in 2014, but we shut it down in 2015. And it hurt me so much. Of course. That yeah. I, every I six months, it's like every six months, I would, because I even let go of the domain. And every six months, I would, um, I would look up the domain New Country Buzz. Up, still there. Up, still there. Up, still there. And finally, at the end of 2018, I told Sandy, "You know, we need to finish what we started." I have a piece. Because she doesn't push all this music on me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 that was like I'm not doing what I felt like I'm supposed to do. I was like, we got to relaunch the whole New Country Buzz idea, and to finish what we started. And then and we had no idea then that we was going to be doing the Chris and Sandy show, and here we are. That's awesome. Well, I I love the Chris and Sandy show. You guys are wonderful. <laughs> so. Oh, we appreciate you know, it. Really easy to talk Thank to. Thank you so much. 
Well, that, the whole goal of this, of our interviews, we don't want it to feel like an interview. We want it to be a conversation, no. a dialogue. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know that yes. a lot of times hosts will ask a question, then they'll ask another question. I want to feed off on, your, on what you say because, again, we all have, can learn from each other. Oh, totally. And that's what and I, I want to I've use our show. I've got a lot show. to say. So. <laughs> I've got a lot to say all the time. <laughs> that's good. We you know, it. it's funny awesome. because when we started the Chris and Sandy show, I told Sandy, well, my love of talking and your love of country music, oh, we're going to be, a, we're going to kill this. <laughs> <laughs> and you are. You see? You see? It all worked out. <laughs> so we're going to take a real quick break, and then we're going to play mm-hmm. um, one of your songs, and we'll come back and talk about that. How's that sound? Perfect. Thank you. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called the Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry, The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. Darling, I know you can hear my 
Thank you. Thank you. So that um, was a fun collaboration, Fix to Fall, with um, with my husband, John Carter, uh, with Claire Bowen, mm-hmm. um, you know, who came from the show Nashville, and, and her husband, um, Brandon Robert Young. We're oh, all yeah. really close friends, and we were in their treehouse and, and wrote the song together just one day, actually one night, yeah. and I'd come with the melody. I had this melody in my in my tape recorder not my tape recorder mm-hmm. on my phone and for some reason I thought of Allison Krauss like who who we also know I'm like this, this reminds me of a melody some, somehow that sure. Allison could sing maybe I should like send it to mm-hmm. her I don't know I just I just ended up singing it but um yeah, yeah. so I had the whole all the first verse part and then we we all kind of worked on it together later so it's it's a really fun collaboration. Yeah, that was a really powerful song and all that. What was the inspiration behind the song? So essentially the melody I felt was sort of haunting. So Fixed to Fall, um, it's kind of, we thought of a soldier coming back from the Civil mm-hmm. War uh, to come oh, wow. see his significant other after not seeing him for a really long time, um, not seeing her for a really long time, and what that felt like in, in the, the midst of the loneliness and yearning for someone, essentially. So it's a song about love, it's a song about yearning, and <laughs> loneliness, really, and just missing someone. Yeah, I was telling Sandy, I was like, it sounds to me, it feels to me like it's a soldier song, and I guess I was right. Mm-hmm, it is. <laughs> yeah, you, you yeah, were absolutely he did right. tell me that. I was like, oh, that's so great. Well, Someone told me um, yesterday, actually, a friend of mine that, you know, because the this, this song Fixed to Fall was before the whole, you know, COVID-19 quarantine, mm-hmm. all this happened, yeah. coronavirus, like this, this song mm-hmm. was scheduled to be released on this day, it was already in, in the queue for um, for release, uh, Fixed to Fall, and when I released it, she said it reminded her of the healthcare workers and, you know, the, the grocery store clerks that were there and that mm-hmm. couldn't see their families because, because other people needed them, so it's it's taken on a whole nother meaning because of in the light of what's going on globally right now to, to some people, which was interesting for me to hear. I had no idea if people felt that way about the song that people personalize it according to what they're going through. And that's, what's great about music because again, it is. Sandy yes. says so that, powerful. Uh, Sandy has a, Sandy has a story of where she music saved her life in high school. Oh, oh wow. yes. When I was at, teenager I was bullied a lot and had a lot of anxiety and depression during that time period and I feel what saved me was it was music just it turned on a song that I could relate to that to, to help me get through those times 
Oh, absolutely. And that's, that's essentially, I've had, I had a similar experience when I, um, when I was in middle school and I was doing a lot of television show appearances, I had, you know, kids would tease, tease, you know, kids are kids and they're just mean Mm -hmm. really. Oh yeah. They'd they'd Mm -hmm. say all these things to me essentially and just, I'd be attacked at school for, for just doing what I loved essentially. And I felt the same way that when I would cry or, you know, or I, I want to feel better about something and just, you know, I'd find a song that I'd relate to. And I feel that music is so healing in that sense, just mm-hmm. music it is. therapy. Um, it and is. I think just through, through trying times, through happy times, through, through anything that we go through in life, music is always a constant. Music is always there. And that's right. I'm just, I'm just so grateful. I, I really don't know how I would cope with certain things <laughs> in my life without music. Oh, yes. Yeah, same here. Absolutely. Exactly. Because no matter what we do in life, there's some type of music creativity involved doesn't matter what it is oh yes a hundred percent hundred percent so what do you think about all this and again it looks like the tide may be changing finally but all the whole women and country and the struggle that y'all go through just to get airplay on the radio mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i mean it's it, it seems like there are a few changes. I think CMT started an initiative to for equal play. I think, which is mm-hmm. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. When when I asked someone why, I remember this was like about two years ago. Why they weren't playing as many women in country music radio? Um, mm-hmm. They said that the program director directors would say. Um, because nobody wanted to really listen to them as much, which I find really hard to believe having grown up on oh, like wow. 90s country and listening to Martina on the oh, radio yeah. and Faith and mm-hmm. Shania. And what powerhouses. Yeah, yeah. They, they just outsold everybody during this time. I find they it did. hard to believe that some person could say just because they don't want to listen to women. You know, and wow. and there are a lot of you know. It's, I'm not against the men get, getting yeah, exactly. a, attention for their art right. too. I mean, this is just mm-hmm. it's essentially just about equal play and attention, and and just I'm just totally against the statement that nobody wants to listen to the women. Yeah. I don't think that's right. <laughs> and you're so right because again, you know, I think and you know we need your Johnny Cash's and your Loretta Lynn's. We need we need both. Yes. We need to hear both sides. Yes, we need both. Oh yeah, you know, because I, with, again, I yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, because I because I think um, it gives a balance. Uh, because I don't want to just hear all men, and I don't want to hear just all women. I think again, you know, th- this country music would not be the same without Johnny, and it wouldn't be the same without Loretta. Oh yeah, or without Reba, or without Dolly, without yeah. uh, Martina, without and, and all all of these wonderful individuals and. Mm-hmm. Again, it's it's not taking away from the men because there's so many men that deserve to be played for their artistry and their hard work. I think just being a musician and artist in general, despite of what gender you are, is hard. So I feel that yep. I feel like there's space for everyone. There's room for everyone. I think everyone's music deserves to be heard. Yep. So, if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would Ooh. it be, and, and what song would you want to what what would you want to write about? You know, I would love, and this is just like projecting. It would be so cool mm-hmm. to write something with Paul McCartney, just because oh, wow. I feel like his music is so like. I'm sure he'll never like call me or anything. But like, if I wouldn't say that. Anyone. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but yeah, he, he, his music just really seems so positive, and or John Lennon, you know, just the Beatles were such a huge 
influence on my songwriting because of the simplicity yet the mm-hmm. you know likability of the music it's, it was complex so it's, it's com- there were complex songs that were made um, to sound yeah. simple um, and I, I find that a very fascinating process and, and I feel like you know just Paul is his music is very bright and a lot of it very mm-hmm. happy-go-lucky and I feel like it's you know he's a songwriter that I can relate to so that's the kind of song you'd want to write with him, uh, something within what he's been doing. Um, yeah, es- essentially, or just <laughs> you know, start something from scratch. Essentially, I don't know. I think it'd just be cool to talk to him and be like, "What? What is it like being like Paul McCartney?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so who's been some? You know, they always say like the, there's a team behind every artist. You know, you always hear. You always see people prop up the artists, but you never really hear the stories behind the artists. And let's face it, without the team behind you, um, you wouldn't be who you are today. So tell us a few stories mm-hmm. of people that supported you in your career that you can point to and say, you know what, they've helped, they've helped. You know, a few stories of your team. Sure. I mean, just starting earlier, starting more in more recent times, like or early in my life, or just like a progression throughout everything. Or both. You know, or you know, you could take maybe one of each. Sure. So I would say, like in my early, early life, it was teachers and my parents. Um, mm-hmm. The teachers at school knew that I liked to sing before I even knew that I had an ability to sing. So I'd be singing, they'd be like, "You sound oh, so wow. good. Why don't you sing in in front of our classroom? Why don't I take you to this classroom?" So. I feel that without that encouragement from teachers and then eventually my, my peers, I, I wouldn't even know, have known that I could do that essentially. So I think mm-hmm. a big part of it is about believing in yourself. And then um, my mom would drive me to my lessons. My dad too. Oh, like wow. they, they did everything they could to just, um, you know, just help me out in the sense, like even with the Sabado Higanta show, they mm-hmm. had auditions for children and, I, I was like, I never had pushy stage parents ever. I, mm-hmm. I really, really always took the initiative, even very young, to be like, I want to oh, do that. Awesome. So so I'd be like, I want to do that. I want to be like one of those kids. <laughs> and my mom like took me to the audition, you know, and then it happened. And, and that's how that works. Um, but now I would say most definitely my husband, John Carter, mm-hmm. at oh, wow. this time in my life, who has, who has produced Shine um, here at the Cash mm-hmm. Cabin studio, um, Trey Call, um, who is our executive assistant who wears so many hats, you know, um, all the time, whether it's like studio work or just like booking mm-hmm. things. Um, like my PR company, Arista PR, they do such a wonderful job. They have really been doing a great job with, with this record. Um, essentially just um, the, the songwriter, the songwriters that I've collaborated with the musicians who lend their incredible talent to this work. I mean, it's just it's so many people I'm thankful for, and it really it really does take a village. Like from from like yep. my entire life, it's it's been that way. And you know, I can take the initiative and and do the work and do that, but it, I can't do it without help. Essentially, I don't think anyone can. You can't do everything yeah, cause yourself. Because like, like they say, if you want to go fast somewhere, go alone. But if you want to go far, go with a team. Yeah, so it helps, you know, it helps to not shoot ideas down. It helps to be a nice person. Um, mm-hmm. When people kind of come with, come your way with something and they're excited about it, you can't be like, no, dude, I don't like that, you know, because it's mean. You have to be <laughs> somewhat like, okay, I don't, think this is, I don't think this is working for me right now. But you always, 
I've learned that um, it's important to respond graciously when people come to you with ideas. I think that's really yeah. important because um, everybody has their, their ideas and their excitement about something. And I think it's important not to shoot down people's dreams or ideas. And because we're a family show, we always let our little boy um, ask. He always likes to ask one question. On uh, yeah, how old is he? <laughs> he he's he's eight. He? Eight. What's his name? Um, we call him Little Chris. It's Christopher, like me. But... Yes, oh, here's Christopher, Chris. and he's ready to talk. <laughs> okay. Hi, Anna, Hi, what's your favorite food? <laughs> Ooh, my favorite food because I like I like carbs. Okay, Christopher. So I love Italian. <laughs> I love Italian food. I love um, spaghetti. I love pasta of all kinds. And uh, yeah, so I say Italian's my favorite, followed by sushi. I love sushi. Um, but Italian is number one. Just give me all the cheese and tomato you can. So. <laughs> and what's yours, though, Chris? Pizza. Pizza. That's that's my daughter's favorite. Um, I have a two-year-old. She's a two-year-old daughter. Um, and she told me today, I gave her I gave her turkey and Brussels sprouts and cauliflower for lunch. She's like, uh-huh. no, I want pizza. She's like, I want pizza. <laughs> he already left. Yes, he is quick and to the bye. point. <laughs> yes, he is quick and he's like, bye. I hope I didn't bore him. He loves that. <laughs> and, and, we, and we've got a one-year-old daughter, too. So, of course, oh. when she gets a little older, we plan on getting yes. her involved in the show, too. We do. Oh, wonderful. Oh, that is so cool. Totally yeah, well, family you know, I'd, I'd be happy to come back and answer her questions as well. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> so if there was one song out there that you've heard from other artists that would, that this would describe your life up to this point, what would it be? Oh, that's such a, that's a hard one to put my, wrap my head around. Um, that would describe my life. Up till this time? Yeah. Hmm. One that you're like, you know, when you hear it, you're like, wow, that is me all the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe What's Going On by, by uh, Four Non Blondes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's like, that's kind of like, that sums up a lot in the world, I think. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure necessarily <laughs> about me, but like, what's, but what's going on? I, mean, I think that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's a good I one. have to think about that one a little more. I'm sure there's something else I could answer that, that could really <laughs> describe me. Um, right now I'm listening to the Hamilton soundtrack. That's really awesome. And I feel like that's really inspiring me. Um, I feel like as far as like my work ethic and everything, like the, my shot, the song, my shot, mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I'm not throwing away my, Shot. No, I'm not throwing away my that that one. I love that one. That was great. You know, one of the, I love Broadway. One of the questions, one of the questions that we was going to ask, but I kind of don't have to because you kind of went to all different angles. But one of the questions that I was going to ask was, you know, what would people be surprised on of a mu- musical influence that influenced you? But at the very beginning of this, you kind of went every, almost every genre. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I can go in another direction yes. now. Um, Something that people could could possibly be surprised to know is that I also I do love Broadway. I love the theater, and I, I took acting classes, and oh, I did yeah. act a little mm-hmm. bit oh, well. when I was in Los mm-hmm. Angeles. And um, but Andrew Lloyd Webber is a huge influence on me as a songwriter and oh, well. this creator of these mm-hmm. musicals. So people would you know would look at me and not necessarily know that like I I would absolutely like die to meet Andrew Lloyd Webber. 
<laughs> you know. Um, but I, you know, Phantom of the Opera. I grew up singing all those songs and singing the high notes and everything. Evita, um, mm-hmm. Cats was a huge, the first big theater influence in my life. Just seeing all these cats on stage and the song Memory oh, wow. and these, just these, you know, it's, oh, it just yes. left a, such such a huge impression of wonder and spectacle and what could be done with art. So I would say just early musicals and particularly anything created by Andrew Lloyd Webber. That is really cool. So I'm going to ask you a question a certain way, and then I'll explain why in a minute. But um, if you had a magic wand, where would you be in five years? And the reason I ask that is because I want the real answer. I don't want the, oh, I just want to do music. I don't want that answer. I want the real answer. And February of this year, we asked that same question five years ago this February to Kelsey Ballerini before everybody knew oh, who wow. she was. And, wow. And, and her answer is almost to the T five years later of what she told us. So I always oh like to – I always like to say it this way because, again, I, I, I'm one of the people that believe that you get what you speak. So I want people to speak where they want to be. So if you did have a magic wand and what you're about to say would for sure come true, where would you be in five years? Well, I would say I, I would still like to be in Nashville. I absolutely love mm-hmm. living in the city. Um, I physically like to be in Nashville. Um, continue to stay married. <laughs> stay, That's a good one. Stay married to my husband. That's a good one. And, yes. um, you know, watch my, my daughter grow. And I don't know if we'll have another kid or not, who even knows. So, um, but career wise, I would love to tour. I would love to do, um, to tour and release more music and to be, mm-hmm. to have, mm-hmm. you know, my music heard as much as possible in actually both languages. I'd like to make a return to Spanish someday as well. Oh, uh, so both English and Spanish. So I would really love to progress um, in the front of releasing more records of touring, um, you know, just having a good family life, honestly, and mm-hmm. just being healthy and just, you know, just trying to be the best person I could be every day. I would say. Yeah. That, that's really yeah. good. Now, because of the five year ideal, it's kind of, well, go on. No, if you had a friend, let's say, and let's say you listen to them and they were pretty good, you know, you know, because you know some people think they can sing and they can't because all their life they've been told they they can do this, you know. But there are some people that really have a great voice. And let's say you have a friend, you have a great voice. They've only mm-hmm. been on stage maybe five or ten times, so they're really new. But they really feel in their heart this is what they're supposed to do. What advice would you give them to guide them over the next two, three, four years on the right track? I would say um, practice makes perfect. Absolutely. I think if you play an instrument or whether it's just your voice, your voice is an instrument. So I would, I would vocalize, I would network, um, Mm -hmm. you know, to make things happen. I would get, I would really get on stage as much as possible really, because there's nothing that substitutes for, for, for the practice of being on stage. If you're an entertainer and if you want to sing, if you're a singer, Mm -hmm. write songs or learn songs or find a way to, to get songs. Um, I, I know a lot of people really enjoy doing covers and that's, Mm -hmm. that's fine. But I have um, nieces who also have vocal ability who I've encouraged to start writing their music. And that's, that's the same advice I would give to anyone as the advice I've given to my own flesh and blood and my family that people Mm -hmm. really would like to hear original thoughts because there are, you know, you go on YouTube, there are tons of covers online and that's really not a problem either because I mean, people can interpret that in a different way, but if you Mm -hmm. want to be an artist, you want people to come see you and, and relate to you. 
I think it's important to have your own music, whether you're not a writer um, and you have to seek that through publishers or, or something and you're just an interpreter. Mm-hmm. Essentially, I think being an artist without original music is very difficult. Definitely. And, you know, that is so true on that one, because especially in this day and time when, you know, again, you hate the word competition, but really is competition. Almost every artist out there writes their own stuff. So if you don't, now, granted, if you're already big, you don't have to write your own stuff if you don't want to. But it, but when you're trying to grow in this industry um, and you're trying to compete against the other people to get that attention, pe- people want to hear the songs that are from your heart, which is usually the songs you write. Yes, and I, I – you know, like I was saying earlier, and it has to be true to you or, or it won't come across very well. People, people can kind of pass something over that's very generic and broad lyrically, I mm-hmm. feel. And I think if it's something that people can really relate to. If you're that vulnerable that you can create something that can relate to someone else, that's when people will really start to respond. That's what I've noticed. Most definitely. Because I, I remember when we first started the Christmas Sandy Show, I had a friend in Nashville who used to do stuff like this about 10 years ago. <clears throat> and he never really made it work, but he did do shows. And I asked him what advice would he give us. And he says the main advice I would give is be authentic. He said, just be yourself. He said, because here's the problem. You know, of course, we want to – we love, like, Bobby Bones and Ty Bentley. He says, if you become Bobby Bones, he says, you're going to have to wear that mask for a very long time. And when that mask comes off, and it will, then your fake audience will leave you because you're not really Bobby Bones. You are Chris Benton. He says, says, if you just be authentic now, then the right people Mm -hmm. will listen as you grow. I I totally stand by that motto and that whole belief. I think it's really important. And I think you waste a lot of, you spend a lot of energy, just even not as an artist, just trying to prove something, trying to be something that you're not, um, just to get people to like you essentially. And um, in my earlier years, I would say, Mm -hmm. you know, as closed off as I was, as much as I was more of a people pleaser, I think as I've grown, as I've matured, as, as I've become a woman, I think that, mm-hmm. that stands more true than ever, really, just to be off, more as authentic with yourself and with yeah. other people as humanly possible. Just be transparent. Yeah, because yeah, you can only be a second-class someone else, but you can always be a first-class you. Right. That's, that's exactly the, the quote I was thinking of. It did, I couldn't even, like, <laughs> utter the words. I'm like, what is that quote where they say, yeah, like, the first-rate version, <laughs> yeah, second-rate version. Thank you. <laughs> you picked it right out of my head. <laughs> Great minds think alike. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So, so, yeah. so we get to this last question here. I'm kind of sad that this has got to come to an end. <laughs> I know. I like chatting with you guys. It's fun. <laughs> uh, we enjoyed it very much. Absolutely. Yep. What's a question that you wish people would ask you, like us, but they never do? How are you feeling today? How are you feeling today? <laughs> I'm I'm feeling well. Like honestly, like just um, if you're asking, I get that though. Not, I get that. Yeah, though. yeah, you know? we do get that. Uh, Especially in this day and time. Have other people said the same? Nobody's never said that one. In fact, it's funny. We have um, created a lot of our show based. Well, I like the whole quirky one. That I remember when we asked this question. Somebody, I wish somebody, I wish people would ask me what's quirky about me. 
like, oh, I like that. So, like, so that oh, became, that's a good question. <laughs> that would be interesting to find out. Yeah. Yep. And then the whole team thing. Somebody said, I wish people would ask me about my team instead of just me. That's where that came mm-hmm. from. So we're actually developing wow. our show based around what artists want because, again, we, we want this to be a show that, that can help the artists tell their story because that's, that's why it's called Up Close and Personal. Because we want the show. Right. We want to be a platform to, for that. A platform for rising artists that don't, where wow. they don't, because, you know, there's a lot of places for the big artists to tell their story. But the small artists, they, you get 15 minutes with most, get, with most hosts, 15, 20 minutes. You can't do wow. anything in that. That's why we have decided that no matter what, we'll give the platform however long it needs to take. Like right now, we're at, I guess, over the hour mark, you know? We don't care. It's whatever it takes to get in depth with that person, and that's what we want. We want we want people to know the artist, not just the music. Well, I think how, how you're feeling today is a good start. With with me, I'm I'm feeling well, and just like everyone globally, just trying to navigate um, this new life of everything kind of being yep. virtual, not going anywhere, extra hand washing. Um, like right now, mm-hmm. like my daughter's preschool is canceled, so I have to entertain her and you know, do my music work and my master's work and a lot of my appearances kind of moved yes. um, to, the, to an online kind of thing. But I, yeah. I understand that there are people mm-hmm. being laid off from jobs. I, I realize that there's, there are people that are, that will be hungry and uh, that there are yeah. care, um, healthcare mm-hmm. workers that are out there on the front lines really, um, you know, risking their lives essentially for the, for the betterment of others. So, um, yep. you know, with, with that in mind, I feel really good today in that sense, because I'm healthy today and, and that's what matters. And, you know, and I really think that we can all get through this. Oh, Me yeah. too. And you know what? Mm-hmm. That's a really we great do. way to end this. Tell everybody how they can reach self-promotion time. Tell everybody how they can reach you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So um, you guys can reach me on AnnaChristinaCash.com. All of my socials. I'm on Instagram as AnnaChristinaCash, uh, Facebook and on Twitter and I will say that Anna is spelled with one N and Christina is without the H. So <laughs> it's a very uncommon spelling of Anna Christina Cash. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's how everyone can reach me. And I love, I'd love to answer any questions. Um, feel free to reach out. And I will be posting more, more live videos from home since we're all home. <laughs> yep. And, yes. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I'm we really love yeah. having you here. And, oh, um, thank you guys so much. This was so wonderful and so welcome um, at the end of my week. So I, I really appreciate it. And we hope that, you know, as things change over the next two, three, four, five months and you get new stuff and all that, we'll, you'll come back and we can you give us some updates. I would yes. love that. And I'd love to meet you in person. <laughs> Most definitely. So we're, planning on, we're planning on we eventually moving to, to Nashville. So. And we're going oh, to be visiting good. Nashville in, a few mo- in the next few months, hopefully. When when well, when this is know. over, we will. Yes. When, when when this is over, we plan on spending five days up there in Nashville so we can go enjoy up there. We, you know, we like we got to get away from Savannah. <laughs> yes. Right. No. Oh, and I I yes. absolutely love Savannah. Leopold, my favorite. Tutti Frutti. Oh, right. Ice cream. Mm-hmm. Oh, the ice cream. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely wonderful. Yeah. If you're ever coming to Savannah, let us know too. I yes, I certainly do. will, and it's it's. And I was just um, in Bluffton just a oh, week wow. and a half yeah. ago. Yeah, which is oh, a yeah. very, very nice area. So, yeah, because see, yes, we live yeah. in Tuller. We live in Tuller, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Which is, 
which is like halfway between Savannah and Bluffton. See, I was right there. I it probably is. just like drove right past you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if, wow. I, if I had known, I would have met you guys earlier, but um, I, yeah. I love that entire area and I love, you know, the low country and all of that. And I took, I actually took mm-hmm. my bridal portraits in Savannah in that, in the Forsyth oh, wow. Park. Oh, I beautiful did. park. Yes. That, yeah, that is really gorgeous. awesome. It's really cool that you got ties kind of here to Savannah. That's really cool. And we, you I know, do. we definitely, uh, and we've never visited Nashville yet, but yet we know we're moving there. Yes. Oh, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, Savannah's <laughs> lovely too. And, and I'm a big Leopold's ice cream fan. So, and <laughs> yes. yeah, and the pink house, what do they call it? The pink house? Yeah, the pink that. house. The old pink house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the old pink house. That's just a great place. Cool. And of course, the everybody, the right Lady now. and Sons. <laughs> oh yes, Paula Dean, the Lady and Sons, iconic oh, here yes. too. Oh my gosh, doesn't she have a restaurant there? I heard. Yep, she, she, she does. The Lady and yeah. Sons in downtown. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's and, the name of the restaurant. Okay, well that's yeah, the good Lady to and know. I, mm-hmm. I make her pumpkin sons. pie. I make her pumpkin pie recipe oh, wow. every Thanksgiving. <laughs> I make hers. Yeah. <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> it has a little bit of ginger in it. It's good. Well, that's really cool. But we look forward to meeting you. Oh, we yeah, do. Me, me too. And and thank you so much for this awesome, very in-depth interview and conversation. Well, uh, we enjoyed it. We appreciate that because that's if people can say that, then we've done our job. Awesome. Well, well, you have, and and thank you. It's, it's been a lot of fun. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Okay. Thank you. Have a great uh, weekend. You You too. Bye. 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 Hey, everyone. Hope you really enjoyed that conversation. Really awesome girl there. Um, Really great music. Really need to go check her out, buy her stuff, buy her merchandise. Because, again, in this day and time, it's really tough for artists to make it because everything – they make their money off their shows. They, they, They can't do shows no more. So go support them. Go support your local people. Go to support people like her who are trying to make it in this upcoming world, in this new thing. And again, as always, we will see you tomorrow for the next artist that we bring into you.